You're listening to the Great Synth 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Great Synth 68 Podcast. This is episode 44. I am joined tonight by Kaz and Chris. First of all, Kaz, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How about you, Chris? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. We'll start this week's show by looking back at our 2-0 win over Liverpool. It was the second start of the season for Hannah Hampton in goal, and it was another clean sheet for her. After the game, I think it was Sheffield United that she played earlier in the season. With a big December coming up, it's good to give Anna rest and give Hannah some competitive fixtures after showing she's more than capable of playing against opposition such as Liverpool. Goals from Emma Follis and Connie Schofield, who scored her first senior goal for the club. Follis played through by Charlie Wellings, and she lifted it beautifully over the keeper for three goals in three matches. And Schofield, after a well-worked move, which ended with Connie, cutting inside and firing a lovely left-footed shot into the bottom corner. Kaz, you mentioned in your interview, which we'll be playing later in the show, it's perhaps the best performance you've seen from a Birmingham City side, especially on a larger pitch. We all know what they suffered on the Wembley turf in the FA Cup final, but it appears our game is adapting to overcome all situations now. Yeah, like I said, the mark, it was probably one of the best games I've probably seen in the last four years. Like even under David Marcus, the passing was outstanding. Nobody was making any mistakes. The whole game we pressed. The goalkeeper didn't have anything to do. I think she had to make two saves in the whole game. The back four looked really comfortable. Midfield was on point. And then you had your forward line, which kept changing. It was a really positive move. Yeah, there's a real real fluidity with the way that Mark's playing now. and The players are all being able to interchange in positions. And I think it was on, I was listening on the radio commentary for this one. They pointed that out as well. It was obviously, you don't know where someone's going to be because they're constantly moving and Liverpool couldn't handle that. That's true. At one point, Stanley Forth was up front and you had Charlie Wellens in midfield. And then Connie was on one wing. And then you had Emma Follis on the other, and then they just interchanged all the time. Even the full-backs, Keris was getting up quite a lot, and then so was Harriet. In terms of the stats for this game, we had 14 shots with seven of them on target. In contrast to Liverpool, only had a single shot on target in this one, and we had 69% of the possession away from home. It certainly shows in the stats, Chris, that we dominated this game. Yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't make it on the, on the day. We were, we were pretty ill on the, the weekend, so we, we couldn't make it down. But the way Kaz has, has explained the game, the way the, way the game went, the, the statistics from the game, it's everything that Mark would want from, from a game. He wants to control the game with us in possession. And he said before, Kaz's point really interested me about the, the forward line. You know, a number of times, Mark has said that the positions are are really flexible, really fluid. You know, obviously you want your you want your back line to be strong and regular, if you like. So your keeper and your defenders know know each other well. But when you get going forward, that forward line, if you can if you can make a team and and have players that are very comfortable all over that front line, then you are going to cause teams problems. You know, Charlie's more than happy playing up front or out wide. Emma Follis has done that job for us really well at the moment. Connie Schofield in a in an advanced and a defensive midfield position. Stan's obviously done it a couple of times as well. So 
Yeah, we are we are getting into a, a situation now where everything's coming together. Sixty nine percent possession away from home is fantastic, and it's exactly the way. Like I said, Mark, Mark and the group want us to want us to be. They want us to be controlling games with with lots of possession, and again, we're taking goals really, really well. Yeah, absolutely, and it kind of answered one of my questions in this game. The way that they're obviously flexible in where the positions are now. We have, obviously, Rachel Williams going to come back sooner at some point, maybe in the new year. It's going to be interesting that kind of Lucy Staniforth kind of plays in the position that Rachel Williams would be playing in, that like attacking midfielder role. So it's good to see that Lucy Staniforth could play on an, in, in, a, in a different attacking role going forward to fit both of them in the team, Kaz, because both both of them are really great players on their day. Oh, God, yeah. Lucy's played in many positions before anyway, at Bristol and then at Liverpool and Sunderland. She can play anywhere across the midfield and also up front. So you don't know how he's going to play. Rachel might come back and she might be centre forward. She might interchange it again. But I feel sorry for the person who's going to be dropped if if that's the word to use. Because I think everybody that played Sunday should have a chance against Jovel. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Kaz. We've got such... We've got great depth. Considering maybe last season we might not have had this sort of depth in the team. Everyone's raising their game now to a level where... Everyone feels uh, disappointed to be left out. And the players like Lucy Quinn just can't get a look in at the moment just because of how well other players are playing in positions ahead of her, which is a which is a shame for her. But she might get a chance against Yeovil and we'll be interested to see if she does come in for that one. So we'll, as, as mentioned earlier, we've got an interview with Mark Skinner, which Kaz uh, got for us on the weekend. So we'll play that now. Hey Ma, nice comfortable 2 0 win against Liverpool. Our first victory against them away from home since 2012. Wow. How did you sum up that, please? I thought he was controlled. The early goal settles you. Then I thought from there, I thought we tried to pick them off and pick our moments to, to win the game. I think we did that. I didn't really feel like they would threaten us that much, and I think that's a sign of how far we've come. This is a good team. It's in the makings of a good team. We might not perform at the minute, but they're in the makings of a good team. And so to come away and get a 2 0 victory, another clean sheet. Can only be pleased with that. Funny, got a first senior goal for the uh, club. How pleased are you for her? The pride that I feel for that girl scoring her first goal, I, I can never really, I could never really show you. I've had her since she was obviously a little young baby, so she's deserved a chance. She's been great and she's been patient. And today, I think the energy in the pocket she found herself in were wonderful. And what a wonderful way to make your first goal. I'm really, really super pleased for her. But again, it was a, another brilliant team performance on and off the ball. Some things. You look at it being a, a 7-0 on the ball, that's a great team for off the ball, we were excellent. So that's that's what I want to praise as well. Also, I want to give my my gratitude to you and the team. Uh, that was probably the best game I've seen in five years. That's a big even, thing. Even under David and Marcus, the passing was controlled, the attacking was... I've never seen anything like it. The first time we've been on a massive pitch like this. Yeah. And for the first time, we've actually won the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just want to say congratulations to you and the team. Thank you. We have Yeovil on Sunday. Nobody in this team will take Yeovil lightly. They're a good team. And they've got the mayor, got a new manager who wants fresh ideas. So we'll do all our planning and we'll be as stringent as we possibly can and, and try and take that and, and take the points there as well. As you mentioned in the interview, Kaz, it's the first time we've beaten Liverpool away from home since 2012. It's also the first time we've played them away from the Witnesses Select Security Stadium since they moved there in 2013. We played at Prenton Park this weekend. Do you think that change is a big factor in us overcoming the curse, so to speak? I, I definitely think so. I think a lot of players obviously don't like the Witness pitch. And I think Liverpool use that to their advantage 
where now you see a lot of teams going against Liverpool and beating them like comfortably. When I seen the team sheet on Sunday, I didn't know what to expect. I, I thought he's maybe made too many changes. But the first three minutes, you could see how the game was going to pan out. So I think it's a, the pitch has got a lot to do with it as well. Lucy Staniforth did her ACL on that pitch. Do you know what I mean? When she played for Liverpool, there's that many players that have did their ACL. I don't think they like playing on that pitch. Yeah, I, I agree. And I don't know if Liverpool particularly like playing on that pitch themselves. It was just that they got them good results because maybe teams didn't want to go in for challenges as much as they would do on another pitch. Or maybe they just shied away from um, 50-50s. But... As you say, they've, 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 it's a new era for Liverpool now at Prenton Park. It's a great stadium, as you as you alluded to before the show, and they're they're, they're going to get better in future years with um, Vicky Jepsum in charge. But hopefully, this is this win at Liverpool is a good omen for us. As fan of the show Laurie pointed out, we won silverware in 2012, which was also the last time we beat Liverpool away from home, and we also secured one of the two Champions League spots by finishing second that season. What do you think, Chris? Do you think do you think this season could be could be a good one? Yeah, a very good omen to have if you're looking at it that way. Certainly, um, I think Liverpool. You look over the years as well. Maybe not last season. I think last season, you know, certainly the the pitch played its part as one of the defining factors of of the result against us last season. But in previous years, you know, they've They've had a better team than what they've got now. I, I think it, it was always a leveller at Widnes. You relied quite a fair bit on luck because the funny bounces, this, that and the other. You're always going into it 50-50 at Widnes. But yeah, certainly at the moment, the side Liverpool have got at the moment. Yeah, Vicky Jepson's got a lot of work on her hands. But in terms of our season, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've given, we've given every single team we've played... We've played the, t- the big three, if you like, you know, Chelsea, Man City and Arsenal. And we've given every one of them a game. Everybody all will fear those three, but I think they should also be fearing us as well. That on our day in a cup competition, we could knock any team out. Yeah, absolutely. And as you suggest, we've had a great start of the season. I was looking back at the stats from last season. After nine games last season, we'd had 10 points. And this season, we got 19. So that's three more wins than we would have done last season. And the only games we've lost against the top two are Arsenal and Man City. And Man City is that one where we'll, re- we'll, we'll regret that we lost that. But You hope that we won't regret that. It would be a killer if we missed out on top two by, by less than three points. Because we'd certainly look back on that game and say, that you know how, how on earth did we... Did we let that one slip through our fingers? As as Mark pointed out on that after that game, we didn't play well, and we still scored two goals against Man City. So when we play them again in December away from home, who knows? We might be able to get a win and then correct what we made mistake in the first one. But going on to the next game, then it was Arsenal versus Brighton this weekend. Ini Umatong scored for Brighton to give Brighton an unlikely lead in this one. She's a former Birmingham City reserve player, which I think Dave Parker pointed out was the most promising player to come through the youth academy while he was in charge of it. Do you, do you think Leah Williamson, who's obviously an England international at the moment, she, she was shrugged off the ball a little too easily in this one, Chris? Yeah, I, I think so. I think there was a bit of a a bit of a mix-up between the two centre-halves, to be fair. Ini was very strong, arging Williamson out the way, but in, in defence of Williamson, there was a little bit of a little bit of miscommunication at the back. But credit to Uma Tong, she you know she she didn't wait around to see what had happened. She got in there, nipped the ball away, and and tucked it away really nicely. Absolutely, and Kaylee Green almost added another for Brighton. She hit the bar after a great save from Sarah Van Vienendal. 
But then the inevitable, I thought, happened, as, as you expect. Vivian Miedemar equalised after capitalising on basically Brighton's own doing this. was not Victoria Williams went to turn on the ball. She misjudged the ball. It went past her and Vivian Miedemar, quick as a flash, got onto the ball and finished into the back of the net. Yeah, when you're up against a team like Arsenal in the form they're in, you know, you've got to be, you, you know, you've got to be switched on from, from minute one to minute nine. So any individual mistake at the moment, Will cost teams against Arsenal, and unfortunately for Williams, she's she, you know she's probably thinks she's got a little bit more time than she has. Miscontrolled it, and and Miedemar's through, and um, and when she's one on one like that, she doesn't miss very often. No, she's now one away from Ellen White's record for most goals scored in a single season in the WSL. So let's hope that Ellen's Ellen's back sooner rather than later, and she can add to her own total. Follis is on her way there. Three Absolutely, Follis is free and free. Yeah. We did. We did. We did briefly mention in one of the games last week that she could. She could get get the uh, top goal scorer for Birmingham. Yeah. She's certainly on the way for that one. Back over to the Arsenal game then, and it was Dominique Bloodworth who scored the next goal to put Arsenal in the lead. Then it was Danielle Van der Donk who scored the next one, and Beth Mead finished it off with a lovely curled effort into the top corner for three more goals for the Gunners. And that was Arsenal's ninth win in nine matches. A great run there, continuing on. The next game then was Reading versus Everton. Hannah Kane got Everton off to a great start after 13 minutes, but two goals from Brooke Chaplin either side of half-time gave the Royals the win in this one. Everton still without a win this season. After a slow start by their standards, Reading looked to be firing once again. Three wins from three matches now for Kelly Chambers' side. What have you thought of their return to form, Kaz, um, Reading? Yeah, it's been really good. Jade's back now, so I think she's been a huge miss. And at the start of the season, they had a lot of injuries as well. So I think all the players are like coming near enough fully fit now. So hopefully they can press on and climb up the table. But as long as they don't climb higher than us, I don't care. Yeah, they're not far behind us now, but they're, they're, they're on a good run since that draw against Man City turned their season around. The next one now was, as mentioned, Man City. I might as well go on to their game next. And they won 4-0 away at Yeovil. Man City continued their unbeaten start to the season. Goals from Nikita Paris, Caroline Weir, Steph Houghton and Claire Elmsley. I feel I say this every week at the moment, but it looks like teams are giving City too much space and they're taking full advantage of their opportunities. Is it unfair that I'm um, judging judging City a bit harshly there, Chris? Um, no, I don't, I don't think it is. They've got an awful lot of quality on the pitch, but you look at the goals that are being scored, you know, it, it does seem that that they're they're breezing past teams a little bit too easily. The Caroline Weir goal, she's had an awful lot of time to to run into the box unopposed. But you know it's 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 difficult for teams. You know you've got to go like I said about uh, individual mistakes against Arsenal. City City are the same at the moment. You know they've they've got their goal scoring boots back, and you really have got to be switched on for the whole ninety minutes. And and it's difficult for teams because you get mentally tired. You know you. Mark said in interviews before the reason he wants Blues to have the majority of possession is is to tire teams out with them having to chase the ball. Nine times out of ten, Man City will will probably have more of the ball against teams than anybody else. So it is difficult. That, but if if you're going to challenge the big teams, if you're going to if you're going to try and stop the Man Cities of this world scoring lots of goals against you, then then your work rate has got to keep going. And um, you know, obviously, we took a goal really well. Horton's was was from a direct free kick, but yeah, I think teams are showing them a, a fair bit of respect, worrying about what they can do. 
Whereas we showed we showed in in an hour of football that we didn't play particularly well, but we're two 0 up against them. So it, it can be done. You can stop these teams, but with the way they're going at the moment, they're they're playing very confident football. Next game and the final game of the weekend was West Ham United hosting Bristol City. It was a 2-0 win for the Hammers as they picked up their first win since beating Everton back in October. Goals from Alicia Lehman and Jane Ross. What can you say about this one, Chris? The first goal was a wicked deflection and the second was a huge lapse in concentration that gifted the hosts a goal. Yeah, it was a horrendous error, wasn't it? I think it was Frankie Brown. She, I, don't, I can't even explain it because she's she's looking directly at Sophie and and, and obviously you know, somehow she's lost she's lost sight of Jane Ross who is two yards away from Sophie and you know she's she's put it on a plate for for Ross to wrap the game up but um, it's important for West Ham it's an important win for West Ham I thought that um, you know, if they, if they didn't win that they'd have been really rooted to to one of those bottom four positions as it is they've. They've got themselves in a, in a better position now and they'll be looking to push on from that win. Onto the table then and Arsenal remain top of the table with nine wins from nine, 27 points. Manchester City hold on to second with their win over Yeovil, 21 points. Birmingham City move up to third with 19 points and Reading jump ahead of Chelsea into fourth with 17 points. Moving on now to our preview of this weekend's game, we host Yeovil Town. Lee Birch came in as manager in the summer and there are signs he is slowly taking Yeovil to the next level. He was the manager of Millwall Lionesses last season who finished third in the WSL2, now known as the Championship. What did you think of his appointment, Kaz? Yeah, I thought it was a really positive move for, for uh, Yeovil. The first win in three seasons for Yeovil he's finally got for them. So, yeah, the players seem to be uh, reacting for him. So, hopefully they can progress for the rest of the season. Yeovil Town have three points after nine matches this season, one more than they got in the whole of last season. Lee's brought in six new players over the summer, with five of them coming in from the second tier. Emily Syme and Hannah Short from Oxford United, Megan Alexander and Ellie Mason from Millwall, and Amy Goddard from Aston Villa. Their only new player that featured in the top flight last season is Olivia Ferguson from Bristol City. Nonetheless, Chris... Lee obviously sees the potential in these players and having managed in the WSL2 last season, he's obviously had a better chance to look at most of these players and what they're capable of. Yeah, he's got a good grounding and he's got a squad there that obviously he's seen a fair bit of players he's managed and played against the girls that have come in and he's got a good base with Megan Walsh in goal, a really good shot stopper who we know all about from last season when when we went to Yeovil and she had a blinder. So I, th- I think they're a side that are they're obviously a, a year down the line from, from last season. They're a year more experienced. And under Lee, I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll keep fighting and, and, and keep progressing um, You know, so that, that they don't want to be the, the also-rans of this division. You know, They don't want to be the ones who are guaranteed to go down. Uh, they want to prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And by getting their first win of the season in, I think, at least two seasons, it might be three seasons, including the Spring Series, Kaz, as you pointed out. But it's obviously a great start for them. And if they get, if they can pick up points against the likes of Everton and West Ham and Brighton this season, they've got a great chance of staying up. This, this stat might surprise you, Chris. I brought this up with Kaz before the show. Since Mark took over, the Blues have only won one out of three attempts against Yeovil Town. Is that record a sign of the transitional nature of Mark's reign so far? Or do you think it's something else, Chris? Um, traditionally, Blues have never been never been the kind of side that blow teams away. 
and just comfortably beat teams, you know, even even under Dave Parker when we were getting to FA Cup finals and Champions League semi-finals. It used to be one nils, two ones. We never really had the the fives and sixes that, that Arsenal and, and Man City and Chelsea do. So when teams like Yeovil come up against us, they, they put players behind the ball and it's difficult to break them down. I think I think certainly now the way we're playing, we you know, we've identified a way to improve on that and, and hopefully it'll continue on Sunday then. Yeah, let's hope so. Obviously one of the last times it was two draws and one win the Birmingham City in the last three matches against Yeovil Town under Mark. The the first one was in the spring series and a certain Lucy Quinn was up against us for Yeovil Town, which got her the con- eventually a contract for Birmingham City. So it'd be interesting to see if she potentially plays on Sunday. In that game, Birmingham City had 71% of the possession, 19 shots, but only three on target. I think that, that, that stat is the crucial one. We're more clinical this season compared to previous seasons in terms of creating chances and taking them. And maybe with the likes of uh, Emma Follis in great form and stuff, it's going to be a different story this time around. And as, as you pointed out, the last time we did play Yeovil, we won 3-0, I think it was. So we're in, we're in good form and hopefully we get another result this Sunday. We'll go on to predictions then, and I believe you got it right this week, Chris, or last week, I should say, after after you stole my thunder and took the well, two yeah, goals. You, score. Yeah. you wanted it, didn't you? But I had it first, yeah. After scoring the two goals in the first half, I was expecting a third one in the second half, to be <laughs> yeah. fair, but it didn't happen. So That's, They obviously just took the foot off the gas because they wanted me to get it right, clearly. Yeah, they, yeah, they heard They heard Chris. Chris has gone for two now. We'll, we'll ease up on yeah. yeah, well, that'll do, yeah. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let Kaz go first this week. What do you think the score's going to be on Sunday? 3-0. Chris, what about you? Oh, uh, you going last again? Yeah, um, you're going you're gonna to nick my score again, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, I've got to back us to keep a clean sheet again. I'll go slightly more optimistic than Kaz. I'll go four. I was going to go for four. That's there something. you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go four. I'll go five. I'll go five. You're going to go, go five? five. Okay, go Chris five. will go five. I'll stick with what I'm going to do. 4 0 to Birmingham City then. Chris has gone for 5 0. Kaz has gone for 3 0. And hopefully it's a good game on Sunday. That's all we have time for this week. Thanks to my co hosts once again. And we'll see you all next time. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on. Keep right on till the end of the road. Keep right on.